0: One of the toughest ones I ever got. I had to, uh, and I might even get a little tearful on the radio show. I had to try to save the life of a two year old, and I'm uh, trying to administer administer CPR years ago. And uh, we couldn't bring him back. But a week later, those parents came in and thanked me. Do you think that had an impact? It sure did. It had an impact on my career. You're listening to Code Red with Secure America Now, the largest national security grassroots army.
1: Welcome to the Secure America Now's Code Red podcast. I am Alan Roth, President of Secure America Now. Last year, Americans witnessed an outbreak of lawlessness across this nation. And this lawlessness gave birth to a very vocal movement against law enforcement across the country. In response to rising anti-police demand, Secure America Now launched a Defend Our Police project. Part of this includes conversations, podcasts, with retired and active-duty law enforcement professionals. Today, we are privileged to have with us Sheriff Kevin Berry. Sheriff Berry spent 15 years as sheriff of Orange County, Florida from 1993 to 2009. Sheriff Berry comes from a law enforcement family with his grandfather, father, siblings, and sons serving in law enforcement. Uh, Sheriff Barry has a um, an organization, he has a website, called the Public Safety Group. And uh, Sheriff Barry continues to stand up for law and order. And I want to thank you for spending some time with us, Sheriff Barry.
0: Well, thank you, Alan. Uh, I probably could have used you as my PIO for a nice introduction <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh I'm going
1: to start off with a big question in the sense of that most people um, won't know the answer to it. And that is, what are the responsibilities of the sheriff of Orange County, Florida?
0: Well, uh, I'm, I'm the retired sheriff in Orange County, Florida, and I stayed a reserve deputy in Seminole County, just north of Orange, and I still serve Sheriff Dennis Klima. But the difference between a sheriff and a police chief is the sheriff is elected by the people. And that means the people, the citizens, are his boss or her boss and uh, not some appointed government official. And that's very important today, Alan, because the uh, the left is trying to attack the office of sheriffs. If you notice all across the country, the uh, you got sheriffs that are sticking up to protect people on the borders of Texas and Arizona. Uh, You got other sheriffs up in the Maryland area that's sticking up for uh, Second Amendment gun rights and things like that. And it is important to keep the independent elected office of sheriff because it's one of the few offices left that is the voice of the people.
1: Uh, you certainly make a strong case, and the issues that you raise that sheriffs are standing up for are all issues that Secure America now uh, actively supports. Um, we actually went to the border in uh, uh, in New Mexico last year and did a documentary uh, on the lawlessness at the borders. And uh, but. I want, to, I want, from your perspective, someone who has dedicated his life to protecting Americans, what is your commentary on the state of affairs as it pertains to
0: law enforcement in this country today? Well, first of all, politically correct policing is killing law enforcement throughout America. And especially the life, uh, the left wing of our country continues to spread the false narrative of biased and racist policing. And uh, I can tell you, they did a a black professor did a Harvard study on bias and racist policing. He found that it's not happening in the United States, but uh, it's being funded. This hatred is being funded by George Soros, and it's being supported by his paid puppets. He gets. Uh, he puts in millions of dollars into these district attorney's office uh, political races. And he elects uh, anti police, anti good citizen uh, district attorneys. And, and, and what's happening is career criminals are being turned loose without bail bond or supervision. You got the violent protesters that are uh, released. And the charges are totally being dropped. So the cops are doing all that work for nothing. They're trying to uh, decriminalize burglary and sex trafficking and sex offenses. Uh, and, and and another one is uh, constantly there are no charges being filed on those that attack police officers. It's just so
1: irrational and... Uh- our organization secure america now actually has done extensive polling over the years and um on security issues and i have to say that despite the news media coverage despite the radicals who want to tear down the society getting all sorts of coverage um americans to a very high degree, 80% and above, appreciate the police, want the police to be able to do their jobs and to maintain law and order. And um, so what we're trying to do is pick the brains of experts like yourself as to let us know, one, your experiences, um, what would you say is the motivation for let the average police officer who is under your command, what are they out to do? Are they out to beat up um, bad guys or what is their motivation for joining the police force? Uh,
0: I will tell you the average uh, motivation for men and women getting into law enforcement is they want to help people. They care about their communities, and they care about the safety of people. And that comes from the heart. I, I can uh, tell you that I've, got, I've had sons in it. I've got uh, uh, my wife was in it for a while. And uh, they all got into it because they want to make a difference in the community. The, uh, the, the, the left and the hate groups out there, Always want to paint the brush for political reasons because it charges up certain segments of our community to get them out to vote, and the poor cops are the ones that pay the price all the time. And last year, we all know that the attacks on police officers went through the uh, went sky high and through the roof, and uh, it's it's a wrong narrative. Uh, you know. Uh, And I I will tell you also that uh, police officers are better trained now. Uh, We've been doing training and, and professionalizing law enforcement since the 1960s. But I find it very interesting. We always seem to be the ones that have to professionalize and do all the training. But the neighborhoods that we still have to go into, whether they're white, black, brown, yellow, or red, the hate doesn't change. And there's a certain few, a small percentage, that goes in there and continues to spread that hate. And that hate is also uh, assisted by our media, our uh, left-leaning colleges, and things like that. And that's what we're up against in
1: 2021. Well, we're involved in a pushback against those attitudes. That's why we have you as guests, and we've had other police officers as guests, Um, in today's day and age, do you think that the average police officer can, in fact, do an effective job uh, without running afoul from their
0: superiors? Uh, They can, but it's getting tougher and tougher uh, because the agenda is out there from the left to defund the police. And, and uh, uh, you know, just, just for some examples, uh, you, they want to take, take away less lethal options, like taking away tear gas in a violent crowd situation. They want, it, uh, they want you uh, to give up any neck restraints to restrain violent individuals. But, uh, you know, Alan, have you ever wrestled a gentleman or a lady that's strung out on fentanyl? And those are some of the only restraints that might give you a, a few seconds to get handcuffs on them. But we want to, we let the left and we let all these uh, professors dictate to us what needs to be taught to the police, yet they're the ones not changing. And they're the ones that have never worn that badge and never had to deal with some mentally ill person out here on the street. And, and the thing that bothers me and a lot of the cops is the media will alter videos against the police. They judge them on television and on the radio before they are properly reviewed. And uh, that is what the law enforcement officers getting very tired of because they have rights too. And just because you're a police officer does not mean that you're not a citizen of the United States. And, uh, uh, you know, I find it very interesting now they're targeting law enforcement officers on social media, kind of like what they did to the National Guard, claiming that uh, cops have uh, right-wing ideology and tendencies. And uh, I commanded an agency that, uh, between volunteers and full-time individuals was 3,396 when I left the agency. And I had Democrats, Republicans, independents. I'm sure I had some libertarians in there. But you know what? We didn't have the hatred and we didn't have the garbage that the law enforcement officer today has to put up with.
1: Yeah, it, it's a huge problem. One of the things that we attempt to do is um, encourage our people um to in fact uh support the police they always ask us how can we do it i mean besides uh pinpointing individual legislative actions or going after some elected official who is on the wrong side of our issues um one of the things that we learned during 2020 or i learned personally is uh just actually going over to or visiting a police station or talking to a police officer and saying nice things, <laughs> saying what you believe actually resonates with, uh, with uh, people who are protecting us. Do you agree with that, that people should just you know, express nice things or do nice things or write uh, letters to the editor that uh, that extol uh, police officers. Uh, do you think that that
0: resonates with the average cop on the beat? I'm telling you, it does. Uh, I, I still see it today. I had it happen to me multiple times. They'd walk up to me at a, a barbecue restaurant or something. said, sheriff, you're doing a great job. And I huh? said, thank you. But I'm only the big mouth spokesperson. The people that are out there doing the job are those deputies that are answering their calls and those dispatchers that are taking them over the 911 lines. Those are the real heroes. And uh, so you, you, you've got to praise the cops in public. And these cops, uh, whether man or woman, they like people coming up and saying, hey, thanks for what you do. We really appreciate you. Uh, uh, a, a note, uh, one of the toughest ones I ever got, I had, a, a, and I might even get a little tearful on the radio show. I had to try to save the life of a two-year-old and I'm uh, trying to administer administer CPR years ago. And uh, we couldn't bring him back. But a week later, those parents came in and thanked me. Do you think that had an impact? It sure did. It had an impact on my career. Thank you very much for sharing that story.
1: I can just imagine.
0: That's what goes on every day, and 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 I and no, it's it's a shame. They always want the media wants to discredit police on television, but they don't talk about the burning car where the police officers get there and they're pulling people out of a burning car, or they save a young uh, child that was in a car that. Uh, he drove off into a lake, and they had to get him out of the car seat. Those are the daily occurrences that don't get recognized, and that's why it's important for law enforcement leadership to recognize them because they need to hear from the boss that they're doing a good job.
1: Do you do you feel? And this is more across the country than uh, necessarily in Florida or in Orange County. Do you have a sense are police commissioners and, um, higher ups and police departments, other sheriffs. Um, are they backing the police or, um, my impression is there's been somewhat of a silence
0: Well, um, as the radicals have the stage. It's, uh, it's interesting that you, you saw that because, uh, uh I do not think that there are enough law enforcement leaders in this country today that are backing the cops, like they need to be backed mm-hmm. and, and, the, and how you can do that is, you know, somebody attacks a law enforcement officer's training. Let me tell you, so I've mentioned the 1960s cultural diversity and sexual harassment training, biased and racist police training, less lethal force training, Body cameras and dash cameras, de-escalation training, mental health training, active shooter training, and and the list goes on and on and on. But you know what? What about how? What about an officer who wants to go to survival training, and the mayor tells them no, we don't need survival training. And and uh, uh, one of the other issues that I, I think uh, helps uh, talk to your question is we got law enforcement leaders that think we uh they think that we need to get out of the warrior mentality well Mm -hmm. i think the best kind of cop you can have out here is an educated common sense professional who is trained as a guardian of the citizens they serve but also can flip the switch and turn into a warrior Because if you go into an active shooting situation, whether it's in Baltimore, Maryland, Orange County, Florida, or any of the other locations where we've had them, like Parkland down in Broward County, Florida, if you don't have the cop that is going to go in there and make the decisions to take down the bad guy and the killing and stop the dying, then we're in the wrong profession. And leaders need to stand up for the cops that are doing that on a daily basis. You know, I bash law enforcement leaders. This stuff where uh, the, the violence in Portland and Seattle and the district attorneys uh, letting all these uh, idiots protest violently, burn things down, take over sections of the city, and and then they get Totally let go, scot free, no fine, no charges, no nothing. That police chief or that sheriff needs to be out there on the front, telling the world that this is stupidity. This is not how uh, a democratic society is supposed to operate. And uh, you know, uh, and those and those cops need the backing of uh, the law enforcement leadership. And unfortunately. Uh, In many instances across the country right now, law enforcement is worried about not having the backing of the law enforcement leadership in their agencies.
1: Well, we're going to try
0: to do whatever we can to
1: change that. And I think it has to come from uh, the people who appreciate law enforcement and uh and what i mean by that is is that during the riots in 2020 um i participated i know it occurred in other parts of the country but in new york i participated in a few uh demonstrations just people without money just showing up uh, to thank the police. <laughs> and in um, one instance, we got four thousand people showed up, which shocked everybody. Um, and uh, and and then the elected officials and the bosses of those police folks um, uh, changed their attitudes a bit, and we have to keep that pressure on. I noticed from your um, from your resume, um that uh, your distinguished career included being Sheriff of the Year, um, bestowed upon you by the National Sh- Sheriff's Association in two thousand and four, and you also served um and were appointed, I gather, by Jeb Bush, then Governor Jeb Bush, to the Florida Domestic Security Task Force on Terrorism. That's we br- have we have been extremely active on the terrorism front and um, both internationally as well as domestically. Are there any insights that you would like to share with us on domestic terrorism and the threat that that is to the American public?
0: Well, I, I, I think I'll, I'll hit it on a two front, if you don't mind, Alan. Sure. Go Point, ahead. Uh, one is there is a threat on our border that's coming up from Mexico Mexico again. And I do not understand what the word... I, I don't understand why people have the, a problem with the word illegal alien. If you come in here illegally, you are illegal. You are violating the law. You are not following uh, the immigration laws of the United States. And that is a concern because that's Iranians last week were detained... Uh, you, uh it's not just Latin Americans coming across the border. It is uh, uh, peoples from all over the world. And not everybody loves the United States for the same reason you and I do. Now, domestically, you got the right wing and you got the left wing. And they're always bantering back and forth. And uh, there's issues out there. But I will uh, tell you this. I am very concerned what I see uh, in Washington D.C. right now—a city that is totally under siege, totally protected by, uh, you know, the 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 place where I went to uh, honor my fallen deputies for years is, uh, you know, got twenty and thirty foot fences around it now. Place looks like a fortress, and it 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 bothers me because nobody's want to talk about antifa or black lives matter being on the left side all the media wants to focus on is the right-wing extremist and i think both sides need to be focused on both sides need to have intelligence collected on them and when they violate the law they need to get their butts put in the proper prison system
1: Well, you expressed our points of view extremely well, and um, we have been on board. We will continue to be on board in terms of trying to make the types of changes that need to be made. But I did see that story about the Iranians. I believe there were 11 Iranians that were caught crossing the border. And I know there have been rumors for years that there were Iranians coming into the United States illegally, and um, and those captures actually uh, confirm those rumors to be accurate. Um, look, Sheriff, uh, can I call you Kevin? Kevin is absolutely fine. And- okay, great. Look, Kevin, it, it has been an education um, for me and, and it will be for our audience. And um, before um, uh, we bring this podcast to a close, I'd love to have you on again. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to, in, in summary, what is the message that you want law-abiding citizens of the United States to hear?
0: Well, I, I think uh, Congress needs to hear this. They need to start listening to the citizens and what the majority of the citizens want in this country and not be dictated by a very few. And uh, I also think that it's time where if you want to help law enforcement, then you don't need to defund them. You need to support them. And if you have the capability of helping law enforcement build positive community programs like the Police Athletic League, the volunteer units, alternative uh, punishment programs, then get off your couch and do something about it and join the cops and let's make a positive in the community. And uh, for the law enforcement leaders out there, get back to intelligence led policing, target your violent offenders, because... It is your citizens that are the ones that are the victims. And and law enforcement leaders do not need to kiss the media's backside and play, uh, play the politically correct game. You need to grab the bull by the horns and tell it like it is because citizens like being told uh, the facts. And ministers, business leaders, social workers, other government leaders are all part of the solution to deal with community issues. And if you go out there and work with the community uh, and make positive uh, choices and decisions, then you won't end up like you got the homeless issue in San Francisco, which has turned into a dump. And I will also tell you, you need to work with your legislative bodies because you can't let the left dictate all the changes in law enforcement. It has to be a balanced approach so the cops have a chance to survive and go home to their families. So you need to take on the cancel culture right there by passing laws that doesn't allow the cancel culture to run all over everybody. And for the other law enforcement leaders, whether you're federal, state, or local, you need to get out of your ivory tower and get out on a Friday night And answer the calls with your troops and find out what the hell's going on in your community. You'd be surprised.
1: Well, I we support your agenda. We will promote your agenda. I want to thank you once again for a very enlightening conversation um, and some very constructive things that you said that that the average American who cares about uh, law and order can in fact um, take parts of that and um, and help make them a reality. Once again, Kevin, I thank you for showing up. Yes. I hope you will accept another invitation sometime in the future to rejoin us and um, and update us. And I wanna thank you for all the years that you put in Um, in protecting um, the people of your community and
0: helping us nationally uh, set the right agenda. Well, we appreciate uh, uh, your program and your support. And, uh, folks, it's not all, you know, people say, oh, my goodness, I don't want my son or daughter to be a cop. Wrong answer. This is (laughs) a cop because you can make a difference out there and change the attitudes and the culture. And I challenge the communities of color to become involved in law enforcement and become law enforcement officers and make those changes and make them positive for everybody.
1: You know, one of the one of the unreported results of the 2020 elections was the number of minority Republican candidates who got elected and all of them had on their platforms, um, law and order, <laughs> of staying, uh, policing, of support for the police, opposition to defund the police. And there is a a change has occurred, and I think it will continue to occur as long as it's dangerous for people and their families to live in their own communities. And um, but anyway, we're going to try to help to uh, make the changes happen, the right changes. Once again, Kevin,
0: thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good Take luck. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Code Red Podcast. Be sure to click subscribe to stay up to date and be the first to hear about our future podcast. You can also find and subscribe to the Code Red Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube.